Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. And folks, I got a uh, a real treat for us today. Uh, and I'm going to you know, lead this off by doing something I typically don't do. Uh, I'm actually going to read uh, this gentleman's uh, CV, his bio a bit here, because there are things in here that I want to make sure I get in, because the, the background is extraordinary, as well as what he's up to right now. Uh, large part of the background, I'm going to leave it up to him to fill in. But yeah, my, yeah, my guest uh, is, is um, a fascinating guy. And I first met him uh, mm -hmm. on an office hour show that David and I, David Meltzer, my partner and I were doing. Um, and I was, again, as many of my guests on that show actually are, they, they, they got my attention. Uh, Trent Griffin Braff is the CEO and founder of Tech Valley Shuttle and GB Logistics. Um, now, that being said, is kind of a nice, interesting placeholder. But Trent founded Tech Valley um, back in 2016, and it began as a hotel shuttle service and evolved into a community transportation provider. Now, this is where it gets interesting, with a mission to combat poverty. Now, a shuttle service with a mission to combat poverty. That is interesting in and of itself. Now, Tech Valley has become, I mean, this is, I'm quoting here, a beacon of inclusivity boasting a workforce comprised, listen to this, a workforce comprised of 100% underserved employees with 80% having a history of justice involvement and 20%, the additional 20% identified as having disabilities. Trent has emerged as the largest BIPOC, you know, Black employer of New York, capital region, and his company earned the distinction of being the first Black-owned business to be recognized as one of the best places to work in the, by the Albany Business Review. Now, the yeah. journey from where he started out, which he's going to fill in the blank on, to where we are today with Tech Valley, I mean, it's an incredible, no pun intended here, it's an incredible ride. <laughs> so, uh, Trent, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Blaine, for having me. And thank you for uh, doing something you normally don't do by just reading off the bio to uh, let everyone know a little bit more about me. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, it, it, it's absolutely crucial that people understand who is talking right now, because you exemplify for me what the soul of business actually is and mm. actually what the purpose mm. of business is. Um, mm. And longtime listeners have heard me say this. Yeah, for me, the purpose of business is to create the possibility of thriving for everything on the planet. And if you're mm. doing that well, you got an opportunity to actually succeed in a very significant way, which is what you're doing. Uh, so that little preamble, the idea of uh, <laughs> a shuttle service becoming a beacon of inclusivity. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, I mean, I've I've written I've, I mean forty years I've taken shuttles to and from airports and just I mean that has not been my experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not the norm. Definitely no. not the norm. I agree with you. And honestly, Blaine, so how it started, uh, hotel based. I was a I had a I actually so I'll go back a little bit further because I don't want to leave the audience totally unbeknownst to how we got here. So right. I'll just right. start with after high school. There it is. So, uh, you know, I'm a guy, I'm a kid from New York City. I was born in uh, Manhattan, uh, split, split time between the Bronx and Harlem. 
uh, when I was around eight years, nine years old, my father passed away, um, which then led my mother to say she wanted to leave New York City. So we we uh, migrated back up north, Albany, New York. That's where my mother was from. Um, you know, it quickly came out and was apparent that, you know, my my mother was battling her own uh, demons around addictions. Uh, so for a, a period of time, I actually lived with my grandparents, um, which isn't uncommon for a lot of individuals who come from, you know, circumstances I come from. So a single family household, one one parent, uh, uh, addiction issues. Um, by the grace of God and, you know, uh, my mother was able to turn her life around. She was the first example I've ever seen of someone who, you know, hit rock bottom, but then was able to climb out, uh, climb, climb herself out. And uh, before I graduated high school, she was a VP of an organization in Saratoga Springs, New York. Um, that so piece I, I, was I did able not to know. That. I did not yes, know that. Yes, that, yes. that okay, we're going to we're going to talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, keep going. <laughs> so but that 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 showed me that you can hit ground bottom and come back. Um, my ground bottom happened to happen after high school. Um, and I found, I put myself in prison. I landed myself in prison for a 12 year prison sentence for nonviolent drug offense. Um, never really had a speeding ticket before that, but, um, due to the nature of my crime, you know, they warranted that a 12 year sentence was, was just, um, fortunate enough for me in totality, I, I did seven years, about three and a half years incarcerated in New York state prison. Um, and then another three and a half years upon release on parole. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to take classes at Marist College while I was incarcerated um, through a college program. And that was like my first aha moment, because I remember the teacher saying how I had the highest grades for someone incarcerated, but also for the actual students who were on the campus taking the same courses. And so I just in that moment, I said, man, my teachers were right in school when they said I, I was good if I applied myself. I just needed to stop goofing off. And so uh, in that moment, I said, I will I will I will for be, be a forever learner. I will never stop learning and I will never sell myself short again. And so um, upon release from prison, uh, finding a job was very hard. This was in 2007. Um, as soon as you've seen a felony on someone's record, odds are you wouldn't get the job. And so um, I had to work temp agencies because of the nature of my crime being drug trafficking. I wasn't able to drive. So my, my driving privileges were taken away. Um, so I relied on public transportation and worked for temp agencies for about a year. My big break came uh, working part time at a Marriott cleaning some toilets. And um, they after about six months, they said, Trent, you're such a great toilet cleaner. We think you should go for the full time job at this other Marriott. <laughs> And um, but being no fool and understanding, I just needed an opportunity. I took it. And so, you know, um, I'm gonna, yeah, the chop wood carry water analogy comes. In. You are such a great toilet cleaner. I mean, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to belittle that because it is a huge statement. What I'm doing, if Agreed. I do it with honor, if I do it with integrity, that's right. What opens up as a possibility. I mean, so, so I'm sorry for interrupting. I mean, that that just no. caught my attention there, please. It's true, though. It's true. And and so I took that my new opportunity. And um, within, I would say, five years, I was the operations manager at that particular Marriott. And um, so then I pivoted. I wanted to be the GM and I did what most people with limited work experience who are ignorant to how work works. 
I quit. <laughs> and I just thought that I would have these people knocking on my door. And um, no one knocked. And actually, uh, as I was applying for general manager positions, they kept telling me I had no sales experience. Um, unbeknownst to them, uh, I sold drugs. So I definitely had sales experience. <laughs> However, that doesn't usually correlate that well in an HR interview. And so, uh, and so I ended up going back and I got into property management. I did it for a year just to increase leases to show I actually had experience. And fast forward, I ended up getting my GM position. I did that for about two years. And that's when I really identified I've helped create millions of dollars for multiple families since I've been working now. I have this skill set of being able to motivate a team um, and get everyone on one accord. And we do really good when I do that. And so I said, when I was a youth, I went to prison for pennies on the dollar. And now I'm making another family millions. I said, how about I try that skill set for myself? And so um, I was just I was on I was on the hunt for an opportunity during that time. And that opportunity came in the form of we had a casino being built. And I said, hey, I have experience as a shuttle driver now. And I see that none of these hotels in my market have any shuttles. And so that's how we gave birth. December 15, 2016, I started Tech Valley Shuttle. I used my hospitality network. And I had uh, four hotels say that they would use us if I if I created it. And uh, And so that's all I needed was that small opportunity. And we ran with it. I love that story. Yeah, again, yeah, how I do anything is how I do everything. And the, your That's approach great. to this, uh, whether it was cleaning toilets or pursuing the property management area so you can gain the expertise, I mean, all of that. From an entrepreneurial perspective, and this, I mean, in our in our first conversation back on Office Hours, <clears throat> the, yeah, because the large focus on that, on that show is around the entrepreneurial z- spirit. Um, That's right. The folks that you hire, mm-hmm. how do you work with them? I'm, I'm talking about this from the entrepreneurial uh, point of view. Do, what 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 is it that you look for in the folks that you bring into the company that mm-hmm. says this one can make it? Because again, how I do anything is how I do everything. There's got to be some sure. distinction there that sets those people apart because you're you know eighty percent have been you know. Uh, involved in the justice yep. uh, <laughs> uh, community and not in a positive way necessarily. Right. No, agreed. Most darn it. So, no, folks. So, I think we kind of lay the we one. We have a our culture is something that you know we guard. We guard. Um, I had a very successful business owner once tell me they they could recreate any business because they have the money and they have the resource. But the one thing they couldn't recreate is the culture that was built. And so once I understood how important it was to cultivate a culture, um, that's that's really what I focused on. And it was all first around our mission. Our mission is to combat poverty through transportation solutions. And then everything else we did, I wanted to always fall back on our values. And so Mm -hmm. before someone is even hired by us, we are pushing our mission. We're pushing our values out um, through the application process. Um, as soon as someone comes into the office, we have a bunch of different awards when you first come in. And the very first thing we do is we show them all of the awards. And then we say, hey, um, so if you want to come to this picnic, we want to know what we, what do you bring to the picnic? Because we're looking for people who bring something to the picnic, not just people who extract. And so we set the standard from day one that there's an expectation. We've already accomplished this, 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 and this. We're looking to go here. 
and how are you going to help us get here? What I found through that is oftentimes that immediately it separates individuals who just thought they were coming to get a simple job from individuals who want to now show and prove something. And so I just think from that verbiage, from the immediate uh, point of them coming in and then during the interview process, my questions to them are often, hey, are you familiar with our mission? Um, you know, talking through reintroducing the values. And can you give me an example of you making mama proud, which is one of our values, make mama proud. Yeah. Can you give us an example of that? And then so, you know, we're just setting the tone immediately that this is the expectation. And then as, as soon as we know someone isn't a good fit, the next thing is to get them off our bus. Because the last thing we need, and I've learned through past experiences, are if you have someone who it only takes one person to ruin a culture. And so if someone is not a good fit, we get them out of the door immediately <laughs> just to assure that we're saving our culture. Yeah. Yeah. The old aphorism of, you know, we hire people for what they can do or what we think they can do. And then we fire them for who they are. Mm. You've actually reversed that. Mm. You've actually reversed that. that. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that's, well, somebody, yeah. Uh, Alexa's speaking to me. Down girl. Got a quick question here, and this has to do with the mission. Um, and I'm going to read this very specifically. Uh, a mission to combat poverty through innovative transportation solutions. Yes. yes. Square that circle for me. Yes, indeed. <laughs> So, um, so what does that look like in, in how do we get on the mission? So what it looks like for us, the services we provide are always, and what we want to focus on are things that will drive people out of poverty, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. And so we do services that address, um, we've done services that address the homeless in which we've done cold blue Albany or cold nights, uh, freezing temperatures. Like now it gets down in the twenties. We're removing individuals from the streets and we're getting them to warm, safe places. Um, we do services. We just struck a, a partnership with the regional food bank. The next year, we'll help deliver over nearly two million dollars worth of food. I mean, two million uh, pounds worth of Penal. food in place yeah. uh, for individuals within our region that would normally just get discarded. Um, access to employment, our driven to work program, where we take individuals and we we t we partner with organization and we get individuals from inner cities uh, who rely on bus lines that might not operate during certain hours or who live in rural areas and we get them to and from work every single day. Um, and then additionally, we do services to address, uh, address the school to prison pipeline. Uh, we, we help with youth who might be become displaced and we offer transportation services for them. And then lastly, we try to help reduce recidivism or the rates of return to jail. And mm -hmm. so we do four uh, community prison uh, community prison shuttles a year where for complimentary, anybody in the community could take a shuttle. We pick a prison hub and then we bring individuals to that hub so they can visit loved ones because studies show with every visit someone incarcerated receives, it reduces their rate of return by 12 percent. Wow. Now. I, I've got chills. Honest, honest to God, I've, I've got chills here, Trent. I mean, this is such an inspiring story. I mean, and the, the the idea of the soul of business, and I didn't ask this question because I got down the rabbit hole much faster than I thought I would. But you have, you know, your business has a soul. How would you describe the soul of the business? I think the soul of our business is is 
mean, I think it's said right in our in our mission. It, the soul of our business is really all about combating poverty and being community based. And so um, the soul is using transportation to not just complain about the issues that we know are around it, but more so really putting our brains on how do we solve these issues and, and become a resource to these barriers. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. This time is going by way too fast right now. Um, when we come back, yeah, you've got you've got expansion plans uh, in mind here, yes, and I want to touch on the values of the organization. You know, community based. Yep. Yeah, addressing poverty. You know, some yeah, <laughs> make mama proud. Uh, yes, how these are going to come into play when we start looking at you know your ideas around expansion and what that might look like. So, folks, we're listening to. Yep. Trent Griffin-Braff, CEO and uh, founder of what is arguably, I think, one of the most innovative and uh, mm -hmm. creative and impactful uh, organizations that I've run across in a long time, Tech Valley Shuttle. Uh, we'll be right back. The nature of life is evidenced in nature. Nature grows, and all of nature honors the desire to be more, to have more, and to do more. Life thrives when it's allowed to grow. And ideally, thriving is what we also, all of us, want to be able to do. Unfortunately, at some stage in life, most people find themselves settling into what I can only call a rut. And a rut is nothing more than a coffin with the ends kicked out. You want to quickly get out of any rut that you find yourself in. When you stop growing, that's when the coffin starts to appear. You know, the simple truth is this, and this is true for everything in nature. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Every one of us dies. So the question we need to come to grips with is not, are we going to die? The question nature asks us to answer is, are we truly living? That's what motivation is about. It's the desire to move. It's the desire to grow and to excel. Have I lived? How have I lived? I'd love for you to take advantage of my Leadership Mindset Masterclass. It's all about providing you with the tools to ensure thriving for yourself and for those around you. Register today to receive the free introduction video and find out more about this acclaimed program. You'll also receive a copy of my international number one bestseller, Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business. I'm Blaine Bartlett, and I look forward to helping you thrive. Folks, welcome back. Um, before we left for break, um, I was going to talk to uh, Trent, and then, you know, actually, in, they've gotten, uh, okay, I'm, I'm fumbling over my words here because I've got about 17 things in my head that I want to talk about, <laughs> but I'm going to focus it here. Um, the idea of expansion. Um, yeah, you're looking to expand right now. You're you know, kind of regional in the Albany area. Uh, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, that whole area there. And yep. you have been named the small business person of the year for upstate New York by the, you know, the SBA in 2023. And, uh, you were also honored as one of the 40 under 40 and featured in, uh, New York times, Bloomberg, Bloomberg radio Forbes recognized you as one of the 1000, you know, top 1000 entrepreneurs worldwide. Now, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> you talk about a pedigree. Um, it's something to you know, not only live into, but to live from. 
you, you got mm-hmm. some history there. You got some you know, mm-hmm. some some runway in front of you. The yep. company has got core values. And my experience with organizations that tend to expand and grow is they run the risk of losing sight of or connection to the core mm. values that have made mm. them what they are. Mm. So as you look in and as your team looks to expanding, what are you putting in place to ensure that the integrity of the values remains in place? Mm. That's a really great question. Um, and so I think, the, the main thing, one of the main things, so we have a corporate trainer um, who really uh, makes sure everyone, including myself, are uh, staying up on our on our trainings and they live in our values and our mission. Um, that's that's their job to really just make sure it's embedded in everybody. And so we we plan on assuring that that trainer, um, our expansion plans for 2024 is we're going to expand into the Syracuse market. Um, which is only about an hour and a half, two hours away from us. Yeah. So it's not too far away, um, but which also allows us to be able to, that our key leadership team will be a part of all trainings for new hires. And we plan to actually bring them into our 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 office here in Albany um, as a part of the training. So that way the cultural, because the culture is the key, like that, that to, yeah. to, to what I said earlier, that's what I'm most focused on. The services, they'll learn that. How to route, they'll learn that. All of those things can be taught, but the culture is the main thing. And so um, we're just looking to continue to beat that into individual team members' heads. Hey, this is our values, our, our values of respect, our values of clear communication, um, our values of making mama proud, customer obsession, understanding that when we say customer obsession, our first customer is our team. That's how I look at it, and that's how I tell our leaders to look at it. Then from there, the expectation is our team is displaying that same customer service we give to it, to each other to the actual customer when they're out on the field or when they're fielding calls, um, as well as uh, so customer obsession. Um, I think I said respect, clear communication, make mama proud. Oh, and the, and the catalyst, win together and lose together, all about teamwork. And so um, th- those are our core values. That's what we live on, as well as just being community fake, community-based. Um, which isn't an actual value of ours, but everyone who comes in understands that's what we represent. We represent the communities that we serve. And so um, I think really just keeping the keeping the, the same training, onboarding, which has become our, the Roadmap to Success program, which we can talk about a little bit more, but continuing to make sure that every single person who comes in comes in through the Roadmap of Success um, to assure that they understand that this is a culture that we take very serious. You know, the idea of values being used in the way that you're using, they're not just artwork up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, not which I've seen not a lot of organizations. You know, what's your values? Well, there they are right over there. And they're just, you know, they're holding up a wall. That's all they're doing. Uh-huh. Yep. So, yeah, just, I, I've, I've got a couple of clients that I've worked with where values are important to them and what they do mm-hmm. uh yeah they have you know each one of these companies have a weekly you know kind of all hands meeting sort of thing they're small enough that they can do that and yep. part of the um, way that they run those meetings is they take one of the values and they have people talk about how did you use this this right. week how did, right. you know, are, yes. are you doing that as well we do it every single day so we have what we call the daily stand up and so uh-huh. every day at 10 o'clock the whole whoever's in the building we get together and uh, we record it for our drivers so that way they can also see it if they're not here. We put it in the in the uh, company chat. Um, but essentially, 
Every single day we have a topic and it starts with our mission statement. Someone reads that off. Then we pick one of the core values and then we talk about a topic around the core values. Um, and then also what we do is so we do uh, our quarterly reviews with the team members and everyone is great. Everything we grade on goes back to the core value, goes back to our values. And so okay. we that's how we grade our team. Are you actively living out the values? Not necessarily mm -hmm. Were you on time every single day or things that other organizations look for? We look for actual examples of the team actively living out the values. Um, and that's how we grade our teams. I love that. Now, folks, as you're listening to this and if you're running a business or a team, this is what you want to be paying attention to. The other metrics, you know, you know we, we get all lost up in KPIs and all kinds of other, you know, I mean, excuse my language yep. here, but bullshit. I mean, it, running a business actually is not that, it's not rocket science. There are core values that inform the relationships that we have with each other. Yep. And all an organization is, is a collection of people in relationships. Relationships working well, yes. you got a pretty good shot at being successful. If you're not, first of all, identifying with what your core values are, you, you better yeah, go back to the bank here and, and start figuring something out because mm -hmm. you got to know what your core values are because if you don't identify what, and this is me on my soapbox right now, Trent, so apologies. Go for <laughs> but it. if you don't go know what your core it. values are for your company, you you, you got to articulate them because people are going to organize their behavior around something and you want it to be the core values of the company. And that's the key, I think. So, I agree. How, Agree more. What's been the biggest challenge that you faced in trying to get this culture stood up? Huh. To be quite honest, the hardest thing to get the culture. I'm gonna be honest with you, Blaine. It, it actually isn't was isn't that hard for me to build the culture. Um, the hardest thing has been maintaining it. I'll say that. Okay. Um, it wasn't as hard to build it, but, Good distinction. but maintaining it, especially as you bring in other leadership members to the team, because um, you might bring in a, a COO who now handles the ops and they might be great operational, but they might not be a people person. And so now that plays into effect of the overall culture. So that's yeah. honestly been the hardest thing is maintaining it while continuing to scale and bringing more members to the leadership team. Yeah. You know, so, part of the, you so, know, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and so what I've identified and has become even more of a catalyst for us, I, we talked about this on the last show, one way in, two ways out. And so <laughs> the one way in, two way out, two ways out concept is ideally we like to try to hire from within, right? So we mm -hmm. want to skill you up so you can be the next COO or the CEO or whatever fleet manager or sales manager. Um, so, and that's exactly what we've done today. I can say every single member of my leadership team started off entry level at this point. Um, and I've decided that I want to keep it that way instead of necessarily always going out and trying to pull someone in because oftentimes that person isn't accustomed to the culture we've built. They come in from other academia and corporate America, and they've never seen anything like this. And so yeah. oftentimes I think it's, it's probably a mind fuck to a lot of people. Excuse my, uh, <laughs> my terminology. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> but when they come in, they're like, I ne I've never been a part of this. 
But to me, it's important. Yeah, I, I know you love the way it feels at first and, and it's easy to get comfortable. But that's the last thing we need is you to get comfortable and not treat people the way that, you know, following our core values. And so yeah. that's been the hardest is maintaining it as we continue to grow. You know, part, part of the way I define success, uh, particularly uh, sustainable success, is about developing the capacity to continuously start over. And that's mm. one of the things that I hear you talking mm. about. Uh, in developing and sustaining a culture, you've got to you know, bring somebody in. It changes the mix. So you got to start back right. over again. And yes. being yeah. willing to do that, I think, is one of the hallmarks of an exceptional leader. Mm. Um, and I, so I take my mm. hat off to you on that because uh, it's kind of like, yeah, it, you know, one and done doesn't get it done. You know, we got to keep You're coming right. back to the right. That's right. That's right. Until we figure it out. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, we're, you know, we're running out of time here, unfortunately. I'm going to have you no, back no, on the show again. No. But uh, <laughs> that being said, you, you made a comment that was kind of a drive-by that I loved it the first time I heard it. One way <laughs> in, two ways out. And if you don't trademark that, I'm going to. So, <laughs> I remember you said that. I wrote back in the chat, I'm going to trademark it. I'm going to trademark it. <laughs> can, can, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think it is an absolutely brilliant concept. Yes, definitely. So for and and you know what, Blaine, I think some of this came for, out of necessity, just being a smaller organization that grassroots, um, limited access to capital. Um, so we had to think outside of the box and some of the outside of the box thinking had become uh, how do we help? How do we attract people? And one of the best things we could do to attract people early on is invest in them. Um, but that investment we, you know, we didn't have a lot of capital. So that investment then became skilling people up. Um, so then that way we could create more opportunities. And so one mm -hmm. way in, two ways out essentially is our thought process of when we bring someone into this organization, we want to make sure that by the time they leave, they leave with additional skill set that makes them a better individual. Um, and so it could be coming in entry level with a class E driver's license and then leaving with a CDL driver's license. At least now you have two two different opportunities or it could be, you know, as as huge as a, as a change like our, our sales leader. He came in as a driver um, and he's worked his way up to now being our sales leader. And so there's a lot of different paths that could be taken. Uh, we have a fleet admin. We have our lead driver. We have our fleet manager. All individuals who are now part of leadership, but who came in just as a typical driver. And so um, that all goes back, though, to our training. And that's why we felt the need to have a corporate trainer, someone who's pushing the button on everyone's growth and development. So that way we can ensure that by the time you leave here, you would definitely have additional skill sets that will make you better for whatever you want to do in the future. And for us, while we have you here, we have the best form of you at that time. So the, the two ways out, yeah. Mm -hmm. Talk a little, yeah, because yeah, you your your turnover is not real high. I mean, people no, stick not around. at all. I know, they definitely I know. So, yes, they definitely so, stick around. Yep. So they come in, so, but there there will be two eventual exit points. How do how yeah? What's the what's the magic in the two ways out? So the magic of the two ways out is honestly, we don't want you to leave. What we yeah. really want is to be able to as we grow, put you in positions that you can grow with the company. And so, you know, I'm very huge on being transparent with the team. Everyone on the team knows everything that's going on from financials to expansion goals, et cetera, because I feel like 
the more they know, the more they can be an input, the more they understand the direction of the company, and then they could be more of an asset instead of a liability, not knowing what's going on. Um, and so because of that, the two ways out is, no, we don't really want you to go anywhere, but what we do <laughs> want is to skill you up so then that way you can be our future leader or the next, yeah. uh, as we grow, now we have regional needs and things of that nature, and we have people who are already prepared for those opportunities once given. I love it. I love it. Folks, we've been listening and talking to um, Trent Griffin Braff, uh, CEO and founder of uh, Tech Valley Shuttle uh, in the Albany, New York area, uh, soon to be uh, much larger. Um, and I want you to pay particular attention to this episode from the standpoint of this is a company with a soul that is in action. Business doesn't have to be rocket science to figure out. You treat people well, you give them an opportunity to grow, um, you let them shine, ask them what they need, ask them what they want. It's not rocket science. It's actually what you know, human beings are wired up to do. You watch kids play in a sandbox. This is what they do. Here, take my toy. I'm not using it right now. You know, those sorts of things. Um Trent, where can people find out more about what's, uh, what's going on with uh, Tech Valley and what you're up to? And if they wanted to get a hold of you, you do some speaking. I want to make sure that uh, people yes. know that uh, if, if they've got interest in you know, replicating what you're doing or hearing more about it, then okay. they can actually bring you in and have you give them uh, kind of a, a little bit of a primer on this. How can people find Most out? definitely. So they could find, uh, I could be found online. I'm on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, as well as Instagram. My name, Trent Griffin Broth. I think uh, Instagram, it might be I am Trent Griffin Broth. But other than that, it's Trent Griffin Broth. Uh, and then uh, as well as our, our website is uh, techvalleyshuttle.com. Um, that's where you can find everything Tech Valley blog post and everything we have going on in that space. We're also on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as Tech Valley Shuttle as well. Um, and then if you wanted to find out more about speaking engagements that I do, I also do coaching uh, and consultant work. I work with over 550 businesses right now in New York State alone for consultant work in which I'm helping them with successfully reintegrating uh, individuals with uh, returning citizens or individuals formerly incarcerated back into the workforce successfully. Um, and I work with their uh, leadership team, HR teams about compliance, incentives, as well as work with their management teams on removing the bias and stigmas, as well as best practices, just like we've done here at Tech Valley for them to be successful and basically giving them the blueprint of the things we've done here. And so um, if I could be a resource in any, in, in any way with that, that website is actually www.trentgriffinbroth.com and you can find all of the work that I'm doing in the reentry space as well as my podcast Prison Bosses in which I interview other individuals who have been formerly incarcerated and today are, are bosses and all they talk about is the process of how they change their lives around to become the person they are today. And so uh, I would love to be a resource in any way. And I, I again, thank you, Blaine, for the opportunity to come share my story and, and just some of the jewels that we do here at Tech Valley. Uh, I, you know, the honor is all mine, very definitely. And what we did not touch on that I want to be sure that I at least personally get more information about is your mom's journey. Uh, there, the, uh, there is pure gold in that conversation, I'm sure. And I agree. Uh, yeah. Blessings to you and to her and the, and the whole family. 
Uh, as I, as we record this right now, and I'm going to, you know, you kind of date this just a little bit here. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up, uh, 2023. Uh, there's a lot to be thankful for. And one of my greatest uh, privileges is to be able to interview people like you. Uh, and I'm mm. very thankful uh, to have that opportunity right now uh, and to get to know you and to hear your story, but also to celebrate what it is that you're doing and 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 celebrate who you are you know, as, as a human being. Mm. So thank you very much for thank that. You. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And thank you for allowing me to be on your platform. Oh, absolutely. Folks, this is uh, Blaine Bartlett. You've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Um, as you go forward today, go forward this week, find ways to be a center of distribution in your life. Give away things. You know, touch people. Give a smile. Give a hug. You'll find that being a center of distribution, which is what nature is, uh, is the natural way to live life. And you're going to be uh, well rewarded if you do that. Centers of accumulation don't fare so well in the real world. They honestly don't. Take care. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.